my name is Gracie, and I'm currently an intern with Cinema Verde, an international environmental film festival that is currently all virtual this year. And tonight I'm with Jamie and Paul, the directors of Peloton Against Plastic. So now I will turn it over to them to introduce themselves and give us a summary of their film. Uh, well, I guess, guess I'll go first. My name's Paul Hellier, and uh, yeah, I had the idea of uh, creating the Peloton Against Plastic because I went for a ride across Southeast Asia on my own and saw some interesting things, so I hit up Jamie to come and film it. And, uh, yeah, it was great because, you know, Paul had done the ride solo, so he kind of had a good idea of, um, you know, what was possible if we had a good support crew. And also, you know, we'd reached a point, you know, Paul and I have always been about sharing positive news. And, in fact, you know, Paul started an, an app, um, which we mentioned in the documentary, that's all about sharing positive um, environmental aspects with our food and uh, and I've just and I was always making videos about positive content um, socially and environmental um, based films and a bit of comedy uh, interspliced within that and so we you know we try to get a show off the ground together like a normal TV show that didn't go so well but we didn't want to give up and then yeah once Paul finished the ride he said hey there's some really great groups doing a lot of cool things, uh, especially in the plastic um, sector in Asia. So why don't we head over there, make a documentary? I'm a filmmaker, so, um, you know, that worked in that way. And then Paul had a lot of the, because of his app, he already had many tendrils and connections throughout Asia. And, um, yeah, it just it kicked off from there. And we ended up securing a really good sponsorship deal with, um, what was the name again? Intrepid Travel. Intrepid Travel. Um, it's been a while since I've mentioned their <laughs> name. Um, yeah, Intrepid Travel helped get all the logistics and the physical support crew could ride safely through Asia and not have to worry about food and accommodation. Um, and we could do what we were there to do, which is basically uh, meet all the people doing great things and share their stories. Right. That sounds great. I like the positivity aspect that you were talking about both of you there that's great so what was it like being plastic crusaders in asia whereas was mentioned in the film the lack of knowledge about plastics negative effects was so prevalent um i think you know we had a, a small amount of groups who we knew of already that we could go and meet over there who we knew were doing positive things trying to educate people and starting businesses to reduce plastic. But even we were surprised that once we started, so many more people come on board because they wanted to tell us their ideas or what they'd started in other towns. And it, it was just, it's, it's so much, I think there's more, so much more going on than what people expect. Obviously, there's a lot of problems with plastic in Asia, but I think a lot of that is because of the, huge populations and big rivers feeding the ocean of all this plastic. Uh, but it's probably more the, uh, the what they don't have facilities really to deal with it. So if, if you're in a, a country town, the, the waste is just your own responsibility. So a lot of it ends up in the environment because people don't know what else to do with it. Or, yeah, they haven't been educated on it if they're out in the country. 
So for us, what we're we wanted to go over there and try to travel without using plastic. I think the surprise was more that so many people wanted to do the same thing. So we didn't feel like we were aliens trying to, you know, show people how to do it. It was more like there were all these other people mm. wanting to join in. And the truth be told is that in anywhere in the world where we do have these waste facilities in place, if someone come along and just strip that from your society, it would look identical to what it does in many parts of Southeast Asia. And I think there's a lot of that, um, you know, that kind of white pride and there's a lot of ego like, oh, you know, we're clean. Look how clean our streets are. It's like, well, you, you don't clean it. This You pay, you know, the taxes and the council rates and someone comes and takes it away for you. But if no one took care of your rubbish, what would your yard look like? Um, which makes me think of doing that as a bit of a stunt, actually. Um, but, you know, that's the, the truth of it. It's not to have a go um, at all at Australians or Americans or people from, you know, Europe. It's to say let's not judge and let's not point their finger. Let's work together to create solutions. And that was the real crux of the doco is stop pointing fingers and get involved um, and help them navigate a space where, you know, they're just not there, um, you know, because of, for instance, in Cambodia, um, you know, because of the reign of Pol Pot, you know, their country's still in many ways gathering themselves from that genocide. Um, you know, they're dealing with huge things, intergenerational trauma, and, um, you know, we're not really dealing with that in Australia. Well, the Indigenous are, but not the, you know, white people. So um, let's just, yeah, there's no more pointing fingers. How can I help? Let's be of service, you know? Right. That's a great perspective for sure. So why did you choose film as a medium for spreading this message about plastic pollution instead of a different medium? Mm -hmm. mm. I think... Uh, for me personally, I guess it was pretty simple because I knew Jamie and he was a filmmaker. <laughs> but also, the, you know, the scenery and uh, I don't think anything for me really could show it as well as film. So, you know, we can talk about the impact of plastic and we show a little bit of that in the film. But when you, when you use film and you see our response to that, and then the enthusiasm of the people who are trying to stop it. I don't think that could be matched with, say, radio or maybe it could be if you had the skills, but I certainly don't have the skills to, to explain that and be a really good storyteller, whereas film mm. kind of tells you the story as long as someone who's editing it knows what they're doing. And film can be, you know, it can move across all the other um, ways to distribute like you can use take our documentary and cut out sound bites and put it into a podcast mm -hmm. you can do excerpts to put it into radio you can turn it into some literature book magazine we've got lots of stills you can take screen grabs so the format of video allows itself to be distributed into all the other different forms um, but I think seeing um, people, you know, when you see people on an image, that's powerful. But when you can see the way they speak, their mannerisms, um, there's that instant rapport building, the mirror neurons in your in yourself are firing. And so there's that instant empathy. And then we can um, engage people more to take action. 
What experience in Asia during the filming of Peloton Against Plastic resonated with you both the most? Oh, for you, it would have to be riding in 40 degrees, yeah. uh, 40 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, over 100. Yeah, in, in terms of like <laughs> uh, what impacted me physically it was definitely <laughs> riding in, you know, 100% humidity, 40 degree heat. You know, that was like an initiation and rite of passage in, in some ways. Um, but in terms of the, you know, what was like a big standout was just um, connecting with like-minded people on the group, you know, and just having a good time. Like it wasn't just, oh, let's only show the positive stories, <laughs> you know. We still showed some negative stuff, but we were just having the best goddamn time. Like mm. I hadn't laughed so much in my whole life um and then just connecting with the community as well every single night we would finish have ridden for five six hours would get to our hotel be shattered and then we'd be like oh yeah now we've got to go and talk with 20 people and you'd feel tired and you're just pretty lethargic um and then you'd get there and the energy of these people that are just waiting and so keen to talk to someone that's as passionate about um them as saving the planet and then that would pick you up again, and you know that was that was a highlight for me. Yeah, yeah, I would I would have to say the same. Uh, having spent a lot of time in Southeast Asia, I was still overwhelmed by the response of people who who wanted who were so passionate about the environment and wanting to improve it. And so that kind of kept us going, as mm -hmm. Jamie said. You know, if you're getting up at six a.m. and you're sort of riding on and off for most of the day. Uh, and then having to go and talk to people until 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night and do interviews, it kind of, that's what pushed you through because or else we would have been so exhausted and tired, but because of the enthusiasm, sometimes it was hard to stop talking and, and just say, oh, we better go to yeah, there because we're going to do all this again tomorrow. They've got to charge the batteries and get the camera gear. The camera gear's got, you know, dirt and mud all over it from running and, you know. And also too, I think, as as Jamie mentioned there, uh, the crew that came with us, um, you know, the videographers, the photographers, the people who were just coming for a ride for a few days, because we're all spending so much time together, um, on bikes you get a lot of time to just talk. You get a lot of time to think when you're riding for five, six hours. Um, and sometimes I just put in some headphones and listen to a podcast or music um, just to be in my own head for a little while. But we all got fairly, became fairly close and um, people were talking about their, <laughs> people were talking about their, you know, whatever dramas they've got in their own lives. And, um, and so, yeah, everyone was kind of helping each other through and there were days that weren't that easy, but um, like physically. Mm. But because of the, the crowd that we had together, it was just, it became so much fun. That sounds like such a good experience. Really fun, good community building. That's great. Mm -hmm. And this film is a fantastic way to motivate people to pitch in and get the job done. So we're really excited to feature it in our film selections this year. And thank you both again so much for joining me tonight and talking further about your film. It was really great to hear from both of you. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you, Gracie or Katie? It is Gracie. This is my sister's laptop. No, it's Great. Thank you, Gracie. I just, as a last word for those that have watched the film and that feel 
a little bump of excitement um, about starting their own initiative, just go and do it. You know, there were many negative thoughts I had about what happens if this happens or that happens. Um, but Paul and I just gave it a go. We weren't claiming to be plastic crusaders. We still have plastic in our lives, but it's just we tried something. And from that, there's been a tremendous flow and effect. You know, I, I saw someone the other day um, and she was like, oh, I saw your doco and it inspired me to start a community garden and do this and that. And I was like, oh, that was, you know, just one person that we, you know, had impacted um, just by having doing something fun and, mm. you know, putting some love into it. So, yeah, go out there, guys, and do your thing. We've all got our, our medicine and our way of working positively in the world and do your thing. No one's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but we can have a try. <laughs>